Welcome everyone to Business Growth on Purpose. My name is Jose Palomino. I'm CEO of Value Prop Interactive. And it is my great pleasure every week to be interviewing experts from around the world, owners of other B2B businesses, and sometimes just sharing some of my personal insights from decades of helping businesses grow on purpose. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Jose Palomino with another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. Now, as you know, if you've been following our show for some time, we love to have experts, owners, and to share some of our own ideas uh, earned through working with uh, B2B owners over the last 18 years through this show. And one of the topics that we like to cover from time to time, because it's just relevant in a way that I think a lot of B2B companies don't fully embrace, which is branding. And our expert today is uh, Kim Rosdiba. And Kim is in corporate communications. He's also an author and a real expert on branding. And we're going to get into a real good conversation of why branding as a process is important for you, especially if you're the owner operator of a B2B company going out to get the attention of bigger companies and looking to connect with them on the level of trust where they prefer to work with you then you really should listen to this episode and pick up some key points as Kim joins us right now. Well, welcome, Kim, to Business Growth on Purpose. Thank you, Jose. I'm uh, happy to be here. Well, Kim, for our audience's sake, uh, just give us a little context on what you do and who you do it for. So I, I work in marketing. Uh, well, I used to work in marketing. Now I'm corporate communications. Uh, but I've been doing uh, branding, being a brand steward for about 30 years. Uh, I've worked in a number of different industries. I work in advertising agencies, but uh, currently I'm working for a, uh, a Fortune 500 company uh, that actually has a number of different uh, customers, um, B2B, B2C, and B2P. Okay. Well, B2P. Okay. Uh, expand on that a little bit for, for, for everybody. <laughs> So B2P is uh, business to people. Uh, okay. I love your, your title of your, your uh, uh, podcast, uh, Business Growth for Purpose. And purpose uh, is really important now for people. And, and so when you are actually communicating from a B2B, uh, business to business, it, it sounds very sort of unfriendly. And who is that, right? Right. Uh, today, with the digital world and the misinformation that we have out there, and lots of information, uh, it becomes really important for any brand to make sure that they are communicating not just to their customers, but to a number of stakeholders. Well, let me let me expand on that a little bit because you know we, we all the rage now, right? And, and this year really blew up in a big way is AI, right? Chat GBT and. Yeah. Soon you won't need salespeople. Soon you won't need, presumably you won't need procurement people. So everything's going to be done through the AI talking to the AI. And we're like in the world of the Terminator, uh, you know, where basically a Skynet has come online. Right. Uh, and, you know, that I've read some serious articles which said, eh, that's not as far fetched as it sounded, you know. So why does branding matter? Branding matters because it's a feeling that people get. So when we talk about, particularly B2B, 
uh, we think it's very rational. There's an RFP generally. There is, you know, you 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 put in a pricing schedule. You put in your logistics, um, all the specifications. But there's a relationship, and that relationship. Uh, this is where chat. I don't know uh, if chat uh, GPP GPT um, will fit into the to that relationship. Well, information passing hugely important mm -hmm. when you're in business uh, or anything. You want an answer right now. Right. Um, you have a you have a problem. You want a solution right now. So you know technology will help, but the relationship that you have with a brand is is people. At the end of the day, people actually relate to people. So it's still so people are making decisions. You're saying even in the rational world of uh, you know software selection or something like that. So brands are still important. Yeah. Uh, in even in the B two B space, golf courses haven't disappeared yet. Okay. <laughs> what I mean Not by yet. that is there is a relationship. You know, those four hours, uh, okay, I'm not a really good golfer, uh, but those four hours are really important to build that relationship so that when you're actually looking at the documentations, when you're looking at the pitch, you're hearing the pitch, you're also looking at people. Okay, so that's, uh, so, so let's, let's, let's expand on that a little bit. So let's say I make, for the sake of argument, I make a machine, a mixing machine that's used in production for food and stuff. They mix powders, whatever, just as an example. Um, you know, something like that could be a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar unit. You sell several of them for some, to somebody like Pillsbury that's making lots of cookies. So how does brand matter in that context? I'm selling a heavy piece of capital equipment. There's a very specific set of needs that they have or else they wouldn't be buying the equipment. How, where does brand manifest as a price? Is it just the logo on my website? Is it, it, what is it? I mean, where, where will it show up? And I'm really thinking, you know, asking for a friend, you know what I mean? Like I'm really thinking uh, somebody listening to this might say, well, yeah, you know, it just, I just got to make the best machine possible. And that's my brand. That is hugely important. Making the best machine possible is starting. That's the starting point. Beyond that is the trust. So when you're actually looking at making a decision and you see two machines look identical, I mean, how, how can they be that much different from a visual perspective? Internally, there may be some differences, but from just looking at those one, A, a and B, so you have other things that you have to pull from. And you know, I, I always like using the example of, uh, of buying a house. You know, we, we, we buy it on emotion. And then we, when we explain to people why we bought that house, we use the rational, you know, it's, it's near okay. the schools, you know, it's the, it's the park here, <laughs> you know, all of these things that were not part of the decision-making because it was gut. And, and, you know, you always hear, you know, gut decisions. Um, right. Those are emotional decisions. And so trust becomes really important. That's where your brand comes into it. Trust comes from all levels. I mean, to me, any, any um, uh, customer relationship you have is based on what happens when something goes wrong. Mm. That's the telling point. That is when the brand steps up. 
And when I mend the my brand steps up, it's it's every touch point that you you uh, um, try to interact with to try and get the problem solved, and they're there for you, and you that trust continues to build. So you build off of that and go, okay, next time I'm coming, you know what? We don't have to look at any others. This is the this is the brand that we're going to go with, because we trust that brand, and it's not all price. We know that. You know, if the price difference, you know, if it's significant, okay, there might be, you know, I might have to look at it a little harder. But if the price is really similar, all of these other factors become really important. And I have the the five C's uh, because one of the C's is construct, which is the logo. Okay. Logo is only just a small piece of the puzzle. So what what are the other four C's? <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is commitment, and this is why I I love your the the word purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, purpose is really important. People want to know why you're doing this. Mm. Uh, they want to know your mission, your value. Uh, they want to know what's your what's your what's your your values. Okay, as a business. Do they align with mine? Uh, and how do they learn this? Through a number of different touch points. It's, it's how you respond to a situation. And as I said, if it's a difficult situation, those are the, the telltale signs of, of a brand because you'll start seeing you know, whether they really do care. Do you really care well, about and, me? And one thing on that, Kim, you know, in B2B, right, which is where I spent just about all my career, um, a smart or experienced buyer understands that whoever they deal with, there's no such thing as perfect. So they really do care to, to they, they need to believe that you stand behind your process, what, you know, whether you're a service, whether you're a machine, uh, whether you're software, whatever. Um, and that matters a, a great deal. That's a big part of the equation, the problem resolution. If you're dealing with a very young buyer who's still idealistic and think, no, no, the brochure says X, maybe not as much. But if you deal with anybody who has any experience and the bigger the per- the bigger the capital ex- outlay is for the thing, chances are a more experienced person gets involved. They're going to dig in on all those risk issues. So I love that. I love the commitment part. OK, so that's a really powerful C. Uh, so, so what's what's another powerful C? So the next, the next one is construct, and and this is this is the one that has the logo, the color palette, uh, you know, the tonality of the brand. You know, what is the and and this really comes from the person that's running the company, the founder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's their personality that actually shines uh, okay. in a lot of cases, and then until the brand gets so big that that personality, you know, isn't everywhere. Uh, but if you're a small organization, you're you're dealing with the customers, and and so you are part of that personality of that brand. Uh, but you can you can define what that looks like, so that everybody else in the organization understands what you stand for. So so you know the logo, uh, as I said, the the packaging, the decor, all of these signal you know, who you are. So when you, when you deliver something and I, 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 it's always great to see, you know, how, how different companies um, work, particularly now in a digital world where you don't have the transaction face-to-face a lot of time right. you have, you know, a package comes into your, your shop, you open it up, 
that's the first impression you get of that brand. What does it look like? Are you actually thinking this through? So the experience, the customer experience becomes really important from whenever they called or whenever they actually started at your website. How does that transfer? And how does each of those touch points collectively work towards what you're trying to represent from a brand perspective? So that's number two, the construct. The third one is your community. Now, most people would say, oh, well, see, you got to have customer. Well, actually, it's bigger than just your customer. And, and I think with a, um, a B2B, you got to think a little bigger. Today, you have to think bigger because there's influencers out there. Um, there's advocates. There is detractors mm, sure. as well. Uh, there's misinformation. So you have, and your community, the communities that you actually work in become really important uh, as well. So, so think of it, the other one I forgot here, which is probably the most important from a starting point is your employees. Okay. They represent you. They represent the brand. Uh, they need to understand what does the brand represent? What I found with a lot of companies that start off uh, from a founder is that all that sits in their head. Mm -hmm. They know it. They know exactly what they represent. They know what is what they will do and what they will not do. They know what they want to do to make sure that the customer's happy. Sometimes they don't communicate that to the rest of the team. And so the five C's actually helps with understanding how to build a brand because you need to understand that other people need to understand. So you have to actually work through it. And you um, as you get bigger as an organization, there's some structural changes that happen and it becomes really difficult for somebody else to take over when it's stuck in somebody else's head and it's never been actually vocalized or what it is. Yeah, and so, I know so, sometimes, and pardon me, Kim, but just sometimes, yeah. just reflecting on that point, sometimes in some smaller, more industrial type companies, it can feel very touchy feely, right? And yet, I often talk to those owners, and one of their biggest laments is, "Why can't these people care the way I care?" And well, because they don't know how much you care, uh, because you, again, to your point, you're not communicating that, and as you scale. It's going to go beyond the ability of an owner to do all that communication because you have 50, 60, 75 employees. You have to find other ways to transmit that, to build that sense. And you can't be going out and saying our brand represents uh, excellent customer service. And then Ralph and shipping answers, yeah, what do you want? That doesn't work. <laughs> it has right, a disconnect. Right, right. And there's a ton of little disconnects that are fixable to your point. But only if you're intentional about making them making those connections. So, yeah. so we have a commitment. We have a construct, which is, I guess, what most people would view as the traditional manifestations of branding. Community. Okay, so we're anxious now. Number four and five. What are they? So the next one is content. Uh, a lot of people get confused. It's marketing. Marketing is branding. Well, marketing is part of branding, absolutely, but it's bigger than that. When you think of a again go to a small, you know, startup company, your, your content's going to, you don't have any money to, to, mm -hmm. to do advertising. Uh, why would you advertise? Okay. Maybe there might be an association magazine that makes sense that you should be in or something from a digital perspective uh, on a, on a social channel, it might make sense. 
but you got to focus on your customer first to figure out what content do they really want. But there are so many touch points that people don't even think of as communication tools. Your call center, mm. your website, uh, your salespeople. These are your communication tools, but are you using them to build your brand? So it's just reshaping, sort of looking at things and going, how can I make sure that the messaging is consistent? Because that's, as you just indicated, if the message isn't consistent, then people are confused. And also, I think uh, on the content side, so much of a buyer, especially in B2B, but not exclusively, I think consumers do the same thing. People kind of want to self-educate 80% of the way through to a decision to get to like two finalists. So by the time they're reaching out to you to have a sales conversation, that you're one of two and they already have a pretty good idea what they think about you. And a large part of what they think about you could well be because of the content you've put out in the universe. Yes. The community and yes. how you've impacted them, the construct and how you present yourself and how all of that reflects your commitment, right? So is that yeah. is that a fair way of looking at the stack? Absolutely. And and anyone that is servicing the, another business, if you don't have a Q&A section on your website, that indicates that you don't care to help your customer after you've, you've sold them whatever you've sold them. Okay. That should be, that's a no brainer to have because you, there's always going to be questions. I, you know, every time I get something in a box, uh, you know, I, I, okay, what does this mean? What do you mean? You read something and it doesn't make any sense. So you want to go online, particularly to YouTube to see how you, how do you assemble something? Right, right. Sure. You know, how do you, how, and if it, if it's doing this certain thing, you Google it, uh, or you go onto YouTube and you, you try and find it. Uh, and you can find uh, some many companies that have just a whole array of solutions for people to make it easy for them. Because, you know, it's on my phone. I can easily look at it. I'm sitting out in the garage. I, I don't have time to go find a telephone or, you know, find the phone number. Uh, I just want the answer now. So, so these are all communication elements that are really important to, as you said, signaling the importance of the customer. The final one, and this is probably the hardest one. Oh boy, okay, it has a star next to it. It's consistency. Uh -huh. And you, you know, touched on it um, already. How do you replicate the experience over and over and over? Mm. And not only just replicate it, but maybe notch it up each time. Because, you know, once you've, you've established something, Time has changed. P expectations have changed. You know, people are always looking for more, more value attached to it. And the hard part with today's world, technology, innovations, we, we've sort of plateaued in a lot of areas here. So how do we actually continue that innovation is by adding services attached to it. You know, if you, if you were to add, you know, we'll have a salesperson come in and recalibrate every, right. every month. Uh, you don't have to get, you know, a, another consultant will we'll provide that service attached to it. You've seen that with cars, uh, you know, with, with uh, maintenance uh, program that, that's added into it. So all of these are added values um, to, the, to the customer. So 
the consistency is about governance. It is about your business model. It is about how do you track the data? What, what data are you, you ana what analysis are you looking at to ensure your customer is happy? You know, is it, is it your sales, you know, is it, is it, you know, just every time a salesperson comes in and said, oh, he wasn't very happy. What is the metrics that you're looking at? And, and setting up those KPIs so that you you know that you're moving in the right direction. Hmm. What are the trends? What's the what's the competition doing? All of these things help you with that consistency. And then the other really important part of it is the training. How are you training your people? You know, do they do this by osmosis? Do they they watch others within the organization how they would respond, or is actually there a training, or is there a guide? Uh, that that helps people understand what this brand uh, brand represents. No, but what's fascinating about that when you just hit on training because I've done my fair share of training in a variety of areas, you know, customer facing things. Uh, yes, osmosis or mentoring is helpful, but at some point you have to say, what are the ten things we want everybody to know? Why don't we just tell them what those ten things are? <laughs> and give it to them like on a cheat sheet. It's not that hard. Uh, like, how do we want the phone answered? Don't assume they're going to pick it up from Larry because Larry got it from Mary. Mary got it from Aaron. And who knows how that's morphed over time. And maybe Larry does it right, uh, but he does it different. And uh, there's so many things that you could just hit on to, to your point here. So one of the things, and it's a theme I know in your speaking and your profession that you've done over the years, Kim, you talk about branding then as a process. Yeah. And uh, so it sounds like it's not just get the logo right, get the colors right. Um, it's a lot deeper than that. And and you've really shared some incredible insights here. Now, now one thing as a student of branding, I know you recently uh, wrote a book on, on branding from a particular point of view. Could you just tell us a little bit about that for us? Yeah, sure. Uh, so it's called uh, Branding Queens. It's about 20 entrepreneurial women who built iconic brands. And these are retail brands. Uh, there is one actually that is, I would say it's B2B and B2C. It's, uh, that is um, Beach Aircraft. Oh, wow. Uh, Olive Ann Beach. Her and her husband started the company. He was, he was the, the crazy uh, pilot and she was the accountant. Uh, she could do numbers in her head like uh, crazy. Uh, when she was a young kid, she actually was balancing uh, the household uh, uh, book uh, okay. numbers in, in her house, in her family's house. So, so her husband, unfortunately, uh, died um, in his early 50s. Uh, she continued on with the company and she actually took it international uh, as well, worked with a lot of contracts with the government uh, during the Second World War. Uh, one of the biggest things, of course, in that industry is, is you need capital. Uh, these, these things are not cheap uh, to build and you need lots of people. But uh, anyways, it's an exciting book about these 20 women. And it's actually 20 stories of how each of them uh, built an iconic brand. And the five C's are used. Uh, this is how I came up with the five C's because I needed the five C's to figure out whether they have accomplished uh, a successful brand. And how did they accomplish that successful brand? Uh, so there's a summary for each one uh, on the five C's and how they did that. Well, Kim, so where where would somebody buy this book? Amazon uh, is a good starting point. Um, um, Barnes and Noble, 
uh, Kobo. It's uh, actually Kobo. There's the audio version that's on Kobo uh, that you can you can purchase, but it's hard cover, soft cover, and there's uh, uh, a digital copy too. Fantastic. And Kim, if somebody wanted to just learn more about you and the work you do, where would they go? Uh, LinkedIn is a good place. I hang out in LinkedIn quite a bit. Um, so just uh, Google last name is Roz Deba, R-O-Z-D-E-B-A. Uh, Kim Derek, uh, is, uh, I go by Derek as well. Uh, so I can be found there. I also have a website, which is rozdeba.com. Okay. Well, Kim or Derek Rozdeba, thank you so much for stopping by Business Growth on Purpose. We really appreciate it. Jose, this has been fabulous. I enjoyed it. And um, I wish you all the best. And to all your listeners, I wish them all the best in 2023. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.